Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O- L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Weigh Your Dreams, Season 2, Episode 10. I think just deep down, I knew this is what I was meant to do. Yeah. And I just never questioned it at any moment. Hey, dreamers, you are listening to Wear Your Dreams, an amazingly inspiring podcast where we speak to the coolest girl millionaires, girl bosses and fashion entrepreneurs. If you have ever dreamed of creating your own business, then this podcast will give you all the tips, advice and inspiration to make it happen. Lego. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Wear Your Dreams. We are back in the building. I know it's been a really long time since we've posted an episode. It's just been so, so busy with loads of other fashion projects that I've got going on. But I'm happy to say that we are back. We haven't stopped the podcast. Um, and yeah, this this episode I'm speaking to Chrissy. Rutherford and she's actually the senior editor, senior digital editor at Harper's Bazaar. You guys are going to absolutely love this episode. Chrissy was just so, so open about her journey into fashion. And what I particularly loved about Chrissy was that she's, she was so determined. Once she'd finished university, she knew exactly what she wanted to do. And she didn't give up. And she landed her dream job at Harper's Bazaar. And yeah, she's just super funny, really, really funny, really cool to speak to. And I think you guys are going to be really, really inspired. So once again, let us know what you think. And also, guys, I'm proud to say we've got our first sponsorship. Um, I'm sure you noticed in the beginning of the episode, it's me speaking about Emmy Cafe Latte. So we will be having sponsorships moving forward, which is really cool for us. Um, as a brand and as a podcast so we can just continue to give you guys the best content so yeah let me know what you think about this episode make sure to tweet us at bemi girls um yeah and also at bemigirl.com i'd love to hear your thoughts and comments on this episode so i'll dive right into it bye guys christy welcome to the show Thanks for having me, Alice. <laughs> now, I'm so glad you're joining us today. And could you tell us a bit more about what you do and your background? 
Sure. Um, I am the senior digital editor at harpersbazaar.com. I've been here for almost five years, actually, Uh which is a pretty long time in fashion years. And um, yeah, I'm originally from Westchester, New York, which is the suburbs about an hour outside of the city. Um, I currently reside in Manhattan, of course. Nice. Yes. Awesome. So I really want you to kind of take us to how it all began. I'd really love mm-hmm. to know, <laughs> you know, what kind of attracted you um, to a career in fashion? Uh, I have <laughs> been interested in fashion since as long as I can remember. I mean, I was one of those kids who you know, when I was growing up, I was always like cutting up my clothes and like turning my jeans into jean shorts, much to my mother's dismay, of course, (laughs) turning my t-shirts into tank tops. Um, And it was actually also kind of like the influence of my father, actually, who always used to bring home magazines and like fashion magazines for me. And I would just always read them cover to cover. And I mean, of course, when I was a teenager, I never really thought much about like all the work that goes into putting those together. But I just really knew that like I loved clothes. I loved fashion. And, mm. and you know, over the years, it was just really my number one interest. Yeah. And so kind of talk me through. Um, I'd love to hear a bit more about like high school and college. Did you kind of study fashion or how did that work? Right. Um, in uh, Well, I would say, you know, in high school, of course, I was always really still interested in fashion, but, you know, my studies were pretty general. Um, And even when I started looking at colleges, I did sort of consider going to a fashion school. I actually, my dream was to go to NYU and to go to school in the city because I kind of knew that that's where everything was happening. But I actually ended up going to a liberal arts school in Connecticut, uh, Fairfield University. And I ended up being a communication major. So, you know, I wanted to work in fashion, of course, but my major was something that was really broad and sort of enabled me to explore many different areas. Yeah. Um, And I just thought that it would be interesting to have sort of a well-rounded background before I really like dove into everything. Um, and what was so great about my major was my focus within communication was media studies. So there were a lot of times where when I was writing papers or, you know, we were talking about advertising or something, I could actually like really gear that towards my interest in fashion. Like I remember I wrote one of my favorite papers about how um, influential Calvin Klein's ad campaigns were in the 90s with Kate Moss and Mm. that whole sort of like grungy and like heroin chic and how that you know, really played to their consumer. Mm-mm-mm. Awesome. So kind of once you'd um, done your degree, you know, in communications, kind of talk us through the journey kind of as a um, an editor. How did that play out? Well, while I was still in college, my last two years, actually, I interned at Harper's Bazaar on the print side. I was a fashion closet intern, so I spent many many days uh, running around, helping to traffic 
um, samples and things like that. So I really got to see like the inner workings of a magazine and, you know, really understood all that went into producing the issue month after month. And it was such an incredible learning experience. So, of course, once I graduated from college, I was like, mm. yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a job at a fashion magazine. I had made great contacts at Bazaar and, um, and I was just like, I know this is going to happen. Yeah. But then when I actually graduated in 2008, it was the year when the U S economy was kind of going to shit and, mm. you know, people were getting laid off left and right. And, all of a sudden it became a lot harder than I thought it was, uh, to get a job. And so, you know, I took the summer off and, and enjoyed myself. And then once the fall rolled around, yeah. I started thinking more about, you know, getting a serious job. And I emailed with a few editors that I had worked with and, you know, we sort of kept in touch and they would let me know if they had heard of anything, but it was like mainly PR jobs. And I was just like, so focused on like, I wanted to work, you know, at mm -hmm. a magazine. Yeah. Um, but so, I mean, my career trajectory is a little weird, but my first gig was actually working at a multi-label showroom ah. as a sales assistant, which okay. was actually really cool. So yeah. I got that job you know, the September after I graduated and it was just a freelance gig. So I was only there for a couple weeks, basically yeah. like after it started around like New York fashion week time. Um, and the fall and a couple weeks following that. And I would work with a sales assistant on a couple of collections and, you know, all these buyers would come in from everywhere from Bergdorf Goodman and yeah. Barney's to luxury boutiques all over the world, really. And so it was actually interesting to see from that angle, how people were buying clothes for their stores mm. and like how well they had to know their customer and, and how they really like, you know, decided what was going to be in their store that following season. So, you know, I ended up in that job just sort of as a necessity because I wanted to, you know, get a job and I wanted to have like some experience, um, mm. in the workforce. So I did that for actually two seasons after that. Um, I was living at home at the time still, and my parents yeah. were luckily very supportive. So, um, you know, they let me take my time to find the right job. And there were many mm. days where I was just like, oh, my God, I don't know if I'm ever going mm. to get the job that I really <laughs> want. Yeah. Um, but I just like, you know, had to stay strong and like believe because it's tough. Like there's no denying that it is truly yeah. tough to like really break into this industry, especially when you're like, you know, a 20 something year old kid, like fresh out of college. Yeah. Um, and so then my first real experience in publishing came, um, about what, a year after I graduated, I ran into an editor that I used to work for when I was interning at Bazaar, ran into him on the street one night mm. in New York City when I was like about to go out for the night with my friends. And and I stopped him and I was like, I don't have a job. Like, can you do anything to help me, basically? Yeah. And he was <laughs> like, yeah, email me. 
Um, and you know, I emailed him a couple days later and we started talking and he brought me in for an interview. He was working at InStyle.com at the time as a yeah. director. And, um, so yeah, he had a project that he was working on and decided to bring me in as a full-time freelancer. So I started at InStyle.com and um, about two months later, it was actually kind of incredible. Um, mm. it was just like, you know, such a serendipitous. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I um, love that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, you know, I worked on this project with him, which was kind of separate from what the work that he was doing with InStyle.com. They were just mm-hmm. like launching a little side project. Um, and so I really hope, helped to oversee that. But then once the project sort of came to a standstill a few months later, then I really transitioned over to like helping create content for InStyle.com. And mm-hmm. at that time, I had really never thought like I should work online. Yeah. And all of a sudden things started to sort of like click, you know, in my mind. Like I've always loved being on the computer. I love fashion. Like, mm-hmm this is what I should be doing with my life. I think in a way I sort of thought that I would miss being able to like touch the clothes and and see everything come into the office. But uh, I actually enjoyed it more, I think. Wow. So I want to kind of backtrack a bit about when you done your internship. Yeah. Now I know kind of people always say, you know, make sure to kind of get loads of contacts when you do um, an internship and, and, you know, kind of stand out so that when you are looking for a job, you know, you've Mm -hmm. kind of got good recommendations. So I'd love, you know, if you could just give a bit more tips, especially for kind of girls out there that might still be doing an internship or thinking about doing one, what would you kind of say is, um, you know, a key kind of thing that girls should be uh, looking to do whilst they are on their internship? I think, well, especially like from the position I'm at right now, you know, and seeing so many interns come in season after season, you know, we've had like a a lot of like standout interns and many of which we have brought onto our team. And I think think it's, you know, really proving that you have a passion um, and knowledge in the Mm. industry. And I think that was also a big thing for me when I started working in fashion. Like I sort of had that base that, you know, I had read tons of fashion magazines and I knew all of my designers and, Mm. and, you know, just really showing that you have a really deep interest in the field because I think that liking and like enjoying shopping and getting dressed every day is one thing, but, you know, (laughs) really being passionate about this industry is another thing. Yeah. Because, you know, and at the end of the day, like fashion seem working in fashion seems so glamorous, Mm. but it's often very much the opposite. Yeah. And so like, you know, if at the end of the day you don't truly love it, I just think it's really hard to make it. Mm-mm-mm. So I think, yeah, that's a really big thing. And just always approaching things with a positive attitude when people ask you to do tasks, even if it's, yeah, running to Starbucks, like for the 50th time for the day, but you know, you do it with a smile on your face. Yeah, totes. Well, I love that. <laughs> and um, 
so yeah so you were at InStyle so kind of take take us through kind of your journey what happened next how long were you there for so I worked at InStyle for about a year and so I was working with the fashion director there and then I was also working with the fashion news editor who is now my current boss. Um, so right around the time that I was leaving InStyle, um, the fashion news editor there was leaving to go to Bazaar to be the senior digital editor there. Uh. And um, yeah, and so I actually had to leave InStyle because I was a freelancer and they had a policy that you could only, you know, work there for a certain amount of time. So mm. after that, I just, um, I started freelancing, doing some other jobs, um, actually. And, you know, the two editors that I was working for at InStyle really sort of helped me to connect with other people. Um, I worked for two different stylists, um, and I worked on like music videos and I did some, (laughs) yeah, and did some editorials for Nylon Magazine. Um, and then I started working for a, a fashion website that had just launched um, that year, which was probably, well, let me see if I can do the math. <laughs> it's probably like 2011. Yeah. 2011. It was called fashionetc.com. And um, so I started working there and doing shopping stories for them. And I worked from home at the time. So it was really nice. It kind of gave me the freedom to do a lot of sort of other uh, fashion gigs at the same time. So I yeah. was working with stylists. I was also doing these shopping stories for the site. Um, and then finally my current boss called me one day and was like, what are you doing? Do you want to come freelance at Bazaar for a little while? And I of course was like, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was always sort of, you know, my dream job to, or my dream to get back to Bazaar. Yeah, of course. And so I kind of, I just love sort of from when you finished college, you know, you were very clear about what you wanted to do and and you were kind of open to all the different opportunities um, that kind of came your way. Where Mm -hmm. would you kind of say that you, you, you got that from it it kind of seemed you know when you graduate sometimes you're a bit kind of scared about you know what is what's going to be the next step but it kind of seemed like you were quite focused and driven from the get-go so I'd love to just kind of hear a bit more about where you think you got that from Hmm, that's a good question well I think that I was just really determined and I Mm -hmm. think that because I knew that I I think just deep down, I knew this is what I was meant to do. Yeah. And I just never questioned it at any moment. You know, I was, it was just like ingrained in me basically. And, you know, I was very fortunate to have parents that were behind me a hundred percent. Yeah. Especially like my father, my father was always like, you're going to work in fashion. Um, and so You know, it was hard in the beginning, as I said, because I didn't find the exact job that I wanted to do. And there were times, of course, where I was sort of feeling desperate, like, yeah, well, I can't get the job that I want to get. And how long do I hold out for the one that I think I want? 
what if that never comes along? And so that is why I sort of explored other opportunities like the first job that I took where I was, you know, working freelance for this showroom. That was definitely by no means what I thought I wanted to do. Yeah. Because it wasn't also because it wasn't permanent. I sort of felt a little bit better because I thought, well, I'm not going to go too far down this other path because I do feel like when you're trying to work in fashion and you're trying to do one thing, sometimes people can get thrown off by the fact that you've had some other opportunities that might be in a different sector of the industry. Because even Mm -hmm. after, you know, I was freelancing for this showroom, I sort of started to think, oh, maybe I should go into buying because yeah. that's kind of, you know, on this other end and and I get it. Like it's really it seems really fun to buy clothes for a store. And, you know, I did go on a couple of interviews and people would say, Well, you know, most of your experience or you've had, <laughs> you know, internships in editorial, like are you sure you want to do this? So, you know, they'll almost quite, you know, yeah. sort of call you out when, yeah. when they sort of suspect that this isn't really what you're going for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that. And um, so kind of talk a bit more about, you know, the typical day kind of you've been at Harper's Bazaar, as you said, for about five years now. You, you know, you've got an awesome job as a senior digital editor. So I'd love to hear a bit more about what's a kind of typical day like for you? Typical day. Of course, there's no typical day. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I get into the office around 10 every day. It, well, that's if I don't have appointments. Uh, tomorrow, for instance, my day is going to start with a couple of showroom appointments to see the new collections for the next season. So sometimes, you know, my morning will consist of that running around for a little bit, checking out new clothes. Then I come to the office and if there were any major parties the night before, I oversee all of our party coverage. So I'll go through um, our photo sites, see what was happening. Okay, there's a party I want to cover. I go through all the photos, who looked really stylish, who do we want to feature. Then I will write that up, get it up on the site. And then, you know, we have an editorial calendar that we that we work um, with just to see what the sort of flow is for the day. So I might have, you know, one or two shopping stories. So I'll work on that and any other major projects I have going on. Um, You know, I pitch stories. We have pitch meetings once a week. So Mm. I'll come up with things that I want to write about or someone I might want to reach out to to do a story for us. And then also right now, a big thing that we're working on is video. So I've been heavily involved in planning out some videos that we're going to be working on in the next couple of weeks. Awesome. And what would you kind of say you love about, you know, your job? I'd love to kind of hear (laughs) all the kind of things that just make it really just like awesome, like your kind of perfect job role, I guess. Well, the number one thing that I love about my job is the people that I work with. Mm. Without them, uh, this job definitely would not be as exciting as it is. Um, You know, as I mentioned, I've been working with my boss since I was at InStyle.com. So we've really been working together for about six years now. Yeah. She has just been so supportive of me and has 
just really been not only a great boss, but a great friend. And, you know, she's always, she's a great manager and she knows how to really like just run a team. And Mm. my whole team and I, we just work so well together. Um, you know, we, all approach things in sort of a different way that can be really inspiring. And it's, you know, we have such a great time in our pitch meetings, just sort of like bouncing ideas around off of each other. And they're just really an inspiring bunch. So they definitely make my job so much better. Um, But other than that, I don't know. I, I, I always feel like it's cheesy to say, but I, you know, I love my job so much and I'm so happy to come to work every day. And I think Mm. the fact that things are always changing and there's always something different happening is also what really keeps you on your toes. Yeah. yeah, There are days that are super stressful. um, But at the end of the day, you know, when I get to see a feature like that, I've worked so hard on there and see people like responding to it on the internet and seeing all the shares that it gets and things like that. There's really no better feeling. Mm. And what would you say kind of on that same tip is the kind of most challenging part of your role? Um, The most challenging part, well, is definitely, you know, sort of managing um, sort of like outside talent that we sometimes work with, whether mm. it's, you know, booking, booking someone to like write a feature for us or someone to be in a photo shoot and sort of all the people that can get involved and sometimes feel either like too many cooks in the kitchen mm. or, um, you know, dealing with difficult personalities, which that happens in this industry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And what would you say has kind of been um, the best advice you've kind of ever received during your, you know, your career so far? Hmm. Best advice I have. Um, You know what? The best advice I've received is get on the phone. Mm, (laughs) Tell us more. (laughs) You know, it's actually something that I've always been super adverse Yeah, you know, I'm a millennial and I don't like calling people on the phone, but there have been so many times where, you know, I've maybe sent out a request to someone and they're not getting back to me in time, or you're just like waiting for something to happen. And my boss is just like, pick up the phone and call them. And I've really been doing that a lot more. And like the more you do it, the more (laughs) you just get used to it. And now I'm the one who's like telling people like, (laughs) And they're having a difficult situation with someone. I'm like, honestly, just get on the phone. (laughs) It's the quickest. And it's also just like the quickest way to just iron something out. You know, you can spend so long going back and forth over email. And personally, like, I'm not very, I'm not a quick responder on email. So (laughs) I did notice that. Yeah. (laughs) You just got to get them on the phone. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Chrissy. Yeah. Um, And so I love to ask this question. This is kind of going into our dream talk round. So could you tell us a story, a time within your career when you literally felt like this is a dream come true? I'm literally living my dream. (laughs) I feel like I've had a lot of uh, experiences like that. Um, You know, I've 
over the last couple of years, especially as someone who covers events, mm-hmm. um, every once in a while you end up at an event that's like truly spectacular and amazing. And definitely one of them I would say is Bazaar's own icons party that's been happening every September, um, with Corrine Reutfeld mm-hmm. and, those parties are just truly like I think what you would expect a fashion party to be. <laughs> oh my god, like. I wouldn't Som- hear more. <laughs> Sometimes fashion parties can be a little boring, but um, you know, the first one that we did in 2014, um, Lady Gaga was on our cover and mm. she performed and you know, I just how hard is it to like get tickets to a Lady Gaga concert and to see her performing jazz with um, Tony Bennett was just kind of incredible. And just the caliber of fashion people who showed up was truly amazing. You know, I've always been super into models. So anytime, you know, I see a top model, right in front of me yeah it kind of makes me freak out a little bit (laughs) I would be the same so yeah those those events have been pretty dreamy oh I love that and what would you say your ultimate dream is my ultimate dream that's so tough (laughs) um I don't know what my ultimate dream is really, but I just Mm. hope to someday, you know, I'm looking forward to the day when I'm going to be the boss of something, whether that is, you know, bizarre.com or maybe it's another site or maybe it's chrissyrutherford.com. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I just want to kind of talk a bit more about your style and color. Now, as everyone probably knows, you know, you've got a really cool big following on Instagram. Um, (laughs) So I'd love to kind of get your opinion. I always sort of ask this. um, What do you think is something that you kind of do really well in terms of your style that's kind of drawn people to your style and and to follow to follow you? I think that my style is just really authentic Mm -hmm. and that. You know, I I only like to dress in a way that makes me feel like myself. Yeah. And or, you know, myself and a little bit better. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think it's it's become like so um, what's the word? Just like the norm for fashion personalities to be borrowing clothes from designers and and really amazing things. And not to say that I've never borrowed clothes from designers because I definitely do, but (laughs) unfortunately Prada and Gucci and Versace aren't lending to me yet, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, but you know, I really try to wear my own clothes. And even when I am borrowing things and making sure that it's something that like feels really authentic and, and I'm also just not, I don't know. I think that there's also something sort of relaxed about the way that I dress, even though I do love dressing up and I do love putting on a fancy dress. But I think that at the end of the day, it's something that still sort of feels like relaxed. It's not stuffy or or feels like you could never recreate it. Mm-mm. And would you say, do you have like a fashion muse or 
like a fashion icon that you just oh my god I love her style uh, that would definitely be Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I, I mean, not to say that I could ever emulate her style in any sense of the word, but <laughs> every time I see her, yeah. I'm just, uh, I, yeah. I die for her. <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree. Oh, she just like, gets it right all the time. Yeah, and she can literally wear whatever she yeah. wants, and she wears it with such confidence that, like, yeah, even if it's something that you feel like you would never wear it in a million years you're like I respect you and (laughs) rocking that (laughs) I love it um and now we're gonna go into the triple love round I'm just gonna ask you three quick questions about things you love and why so the first one is a quote you love a quote I love is think highly of yourself because the world takes you at your own estimate. It was actually my senior year of high school yearbook quote. (laughs) I love that. That's a really cool quote. Um, And now a book or a blog or a magazine that you love? Well, I mean, of course, Harper's Bazaar. (laughs) Book and site I love. Um, but let's see, what else do I really love? I actually really love Into the Gloss. I'm not a huge beauty person. Yeah. And I re- so I really enjoy reading what other products people are using. Mm, like that, Into the Gloss. And now an inspirational woman you love. Well, I kind of have to say Rihanna again. <laughs> <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly fine. Completely get it. (laughs) Again, I think confidence is so important and she just has it in spades. Yeah, this is very true. Awesome. And guys, you will find all the show notes and info about Chrissy on our website at bemigirl.com. That's G-B-E-M-I-Girl.com. So Chrissy, what kind of exciting things have you got going on today? Is there any sort of things that's making you feel energized and excited today in relation to you as an individual or your career? Uh Um, Today, well, as I mentioned before, we're starting to work um, heavily on video. So I've been Mm -hmm. super engrossed in that today. And it's really exciting, you know, seeing things come together. And I'm really excited for everyone to see these videos that I've been working on that will hopefully be launching on our site in about May, I believe, this year. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, And so, yeah, Chrissy, what advice would you give to girls out there that, you know, they're really inspired by your career and they want to they want to do something like what you do? What advice would you give to them? I would say just be determined. I think that is the number one thing is you cannot give up. And I know I know, as I've explained earlier, like it's very hard to get into this industry and and I wish that there was sort of an, an, you know, a shortcut that I could share with everyone. But yeah. fortunately, there isn't. And um, but I think you just got to sort of beat down people's doors sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you just have to be annoying. <laughs> <laughs> if you want that job. I mean, I think people will respect that you don't give up. Yeah, I love that. And this is a bit off the cuff, but from a kind of designer perspective, if yeah. there was a new designer that really would just love to be in Harper's Bazaar, what kind of tips would you give for that? 
have a good publicist, I guess. This <laughs> <laughs> is Yeah. Um, yeah, it's sort of hard for me to speak from that perspective, but you know, I get emails all the time from new designers and I do look at them and I guess like the number one thing is you sort of have to know your audience and, mm. and sometimes I see things that just aren't the right fit for Bazaar, but they could very well be the right fit for, um, you know, another magazine, but I think also in the same vein, you have to sort of be persistent because, sure, a lot of times emails get lost and, and you know, people don't see things immediately, but you have to just, like, keep reaching out. And I think also just, like, having a really clear vision for your brand, I think, is yeah. super important. We obviously all see how important social media um, has played in our lives over the last couple of years. And that's also, um, you know, something to think about because yeah, if I see a label that I've, uh, there's so many times I see a label that I've never heard of and like they have a really great Instagram and, you know, I'll screenshot it and send to my fashion director and be like, have you seen this before? It looks really chic. Like let's do something on them. And I think it's really fun to discover new, new people. Yeah. Amazing. And would you say Instagram is your favorite um, social channel? Um, you know, I'm kind of into Snapchat. These days. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've, I've, I've started going on it a bit, but I'm kind of on and off. I'm kind of in and out. Sometimes I'll be yes. all the time and then sometimes I'm just not there. I, I agree. I go yeah. through as well. Like I haven't Snapchatted for the last like three days now, yeah. um, but I was just on vacation and I was actually Snapchatting a lot. So I guess I'm just suffering from a little Snapchat fatigue. <laughs> <laughs> I recently have started to get into Facebook again, though, which is shocking. Oh, <laughs> bringing it back. I know. <laughs> Amazing. I yeah, it is. It's one of those good ones. Um, but yeah, Chrissy, let us know, how can we kind of find out a bit more about you and everything you got going on? I would say follow me on Instagram, follow me on Snapchat, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Chrissy Ford. That's C-H-R-I-S-S-Y-F-O-R-D. Uh, that's where you'll find out what's happening in my life. <laughs> and as well as, you know, on bizarre.com. Yes, of course. <laughs> and guys, once again, we'll have all the info on Chrissy on our blog. Well, that brings us to the end, Chrissy. Oh God, thank you so much. Speaking. It's been yeah. really, really fun. I hope you've enjoyed it too. Um, absolutely. <laughs> I love, uh, sharing any advice and insight mm-hmm. into, how to reach your dreams yeah exactly amazing well thanks again Chrissy thank you dreamers thank you for being with us today on where your dreams you can find all the show notes as well as cool girl content on bemigirl.com that's g-b-e-m-i girl.com we would love you to subscribe to the show so please click subscribe now and give us a rating and review so that we can continue to inspire and push you girlies to fulfill your dream don't forget to follow our facebook instagram and twitter pages all at bemi girls but for now girlies remember anything is possible so wear your dreams hey 
everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAS10. That's S-O-L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O, soldejanero.com, and use the code ACAS10 for 10% off. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.